0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Grant Gardner, the host of the Capital Adulting Podcast. Excited to be back with you again for episode number 15. Got a really fun topic to ponder tonight, um, and that is going to be evaluating your financial well-being. So a lot of fun stuff to, to really get into Um, But before I do that, just want to give a quick plug for the giveaway that I'm running over on the Capital Dolting Instagram page. So, giving away a total of $750. There's a couple different ways to enter. One is by commenting on the very first post that I made, tagging a friend. The other is, you know, posting your story, a screenshot of your favorite podcast episode and tagging me in it. Um, So, either one of those, easy way to to win some free money. So, go check us out. It's at capital, so C-A-P-I-T-A-L, Adulting A-D-U-L-T-I-N-G at Capital Adulting on Instagram. And you can enter in both of those components of the giveaway. And like I said, hopefully win some free money. But enough with that. It's talking about your personal financial well-being. You know, how do you evaluate it? What steps do you take to really kind of understand where you're at. And what's going to be needed to get you you know where you want to go. I think this is something that unfortunately goes you know kind of by the wayside, particularly for younger adults, right It's easy when you know maybe you're in, you're in high school, college, and the focus is just on on being a student, right Certainly nothing wrong with that and that's you know that's important too. Um, but, you know, even that young, there's there's an opportunity to kind of critically evaluate your life goals, where you want to go, what you want to achieve, and what kind of financial resources you're going to need to get there, right? So I truly think that can start, start thinking that way in, in high school, right? Definitely as you get into college and towards the end of your college career, And then as you get out into kind of the working world, you know, things really, um, you know, reality kind of sets in at that juncture, right? So evaluating your financial well-being, definitely something you can start pondering early on. But this is also particularly focused for folks who are in that like 22 to 30 range where you're laying the foundation that, you know, you're doing the groundwork for your life, trying to ramp yourself up, put you in a position to really kind of hit your, your growth potential into your 30s. In 40s and, and kind of maximize where you're at. So it's it's always important uh, to just step back and think about kind of where you are at personally. Um, because as hopefully hopefully none of you have experienced it firsthand, but you know, given kind of our society at large, it's probably unlikely that everybody listening to it, um, you know, wouldn't be able to say that they've never had you know a critical you know, they made a financial mistake, they put themselves in a bad position. And, you know, there's some that are some mistakes that carry you know, heavier consequences than others, right? They can a, a poor financial decision when you're young, even as young as 17 or 18, can, you know, affect you for the rest of your life. So like, just think, think student loans, and credit card debt, just bad, bad purchases in general, right? So with the implications there of a potential you know negative effect on the rest of your life It's always good to make sure the decisions you're making today are in line with your financial priorities and, and where you eventually want to end up right so you want to make sure that you're steering your ship in the right direction so identifying potentially you know any weaknesses early on or not necessarily weaknesses probably isn't the best word. But let's say, you know, you make a financial mistake. Is it better to recognize it, you know, a few hours, a few days, a few weeks later, or potentially get ten years down the road and realize, man, I, I could have fixed this and saved myself ten years of heartache and, you know, been in a much better place today. Right. So that's what we're gonna talk about today, is just taking some time to really examine where you're at, your financial footing in life and identifying what are the key you know pitfalls you might be running into or the, the hurdles that you're you're experiencing it, and what are some good you know kind of broad steps to take to to course correct and get out of you know any any holes that you might be in right so step 1 of course is taking a very you know deep and detailed look at where you're at in this present moment and so this is this is all encompassing, right? And I again I think this is applicable for anybody at any age. Again, you know, my focus with capital adulting has primarily been on young adults, but you you just simply can't go wrong. Taking some time, you know, it doesn't even have to be like a predetermined, you know, every six months, every year, every three years. It doesn't have to be at a predetermined kind of length there. Just routinely examine, you know, are you progressing? financially where where are you going what choices are you making how is that affecting you and overall are you still lining up with kind of your your life framework and where you want to be right so i have three really broad categories and i these are these are intentionally pretty broad right pretty general because you know i think it encompasses the vast majority of financial situations and That's a that's a tough thing about speaking to personal finance, right? Is literally everybody's situation is different. So yes, there are universal truths and basic steps to take to get you into a good spot in life, and that's definitely what we talk about here, primarily what I'm going to be talking about tonight. But at the at the end of the day, also to recognize your situation is unique, and so you need to customize kind of your plan and understand. In the context of your life, what kind of financial position are you in? Right, so that's why three broad categories I've got for you: surviving, driving, and thriving. So we're gonna get into each of these, but just at a very high level, surviving is where you know it's kind of the, it's the starting point, right? You're you're probably you know you're potentially overcoming some past financial mistakes overall just trying to stay afloat in life. Driving is the next the next tier up, right? You've now reached a stabilized position. You're solid financially, but you have, you know, a grander vision. There's larger things that you're striving for and you're you're taking steps to achieve those. And then on the thriving side, that's where we all want to be at the end of the day, right? Is we want to be in a position where we have we are achieving or have achieved our financial dreams and we're able to maintain, you know, our everyday life kind of in a, you know, sustainable way, right? We're not going to run out of our resources at some point in time. So, let's get into the weeds a bit. What really goes into kind of those three categories? So, on the surviving front, again, I think it's a starting point in life, right? So this is going to encompass vast majority of you know, teenagers, high schoolers, college students, young adults in general. It really, honestly, to an unfortunately sad extent, it applies to the broader you know U.S. population as a whole, right? I don't have any numbers specifically off the top of my head, but I believe I read a study not too long ago where something about half of Americans had some kind of debt, right? Might be more, might be less again i'm i'm not citing any specific figure there but think about if you're running if you have debt that's not necessarily an indicator that you're just you're struggling to get by but there is a higher likelihood that if you're carrying a significant amount of debt that you are going to be in that just trying to make it bucket right so for folks that are in the surviving you know grouping that means generally around kind of the break even point between your income versus expenses, right? So might be slightly above, might be slightly below, but generally, you know, kind of live in paycheck to paycheck and just trying to put one foot in front of the other. So to me there's really two types of or two kind of yeah, two types of folks who are in this category, right? There is the group that and the type of person that is looking to overcome previous mistakes, right? So maybe maybe they, you know, they were really enamored with the idea of going to, you know, a college at high school, they wanted to go to a specific college to get a specific degree at a school, and it's just turned out that there's not quite the same payback on that degree as to the, you know, student debt that they took on to get there, right? Or maybe got a credit card in college and racked up a bunch of debt on it thinking it was free money um or potentially just made some made some bad purchases you know out of school thinking that hey, I got my first job you know I'm I'm rich now let me go buy you know let me go lease or buy a you know super fancy brand new car or take a bunch of trips or just go out partying right there's there's a bunch of different mistakes right again everyone's life situation is unique but that's why if you're kind of in the surviving side, then probably looking for, a way to, you know, dig yourself out of any financial holes that you put yourself in. But at the same time, that's type one. Type two, I'd say, is is a different is a different you know, type of person kind of in general. Um, and I think there's pros and cons to this. And type two is you're potentially jump starting a career, right? Where Maybe, you know, I think I talked about this in the last episode where maybe you're just kind of struggling to get by because you know, you need to put in 3 years doing this grunt work kind of job to get yourself the right in's to move yourself up, you know, a corporate ladder or network with the right people to get the right doors open, right? And that's totally that's totally valid because that is more it's like a short-term speed bump versus a, you know, a life pattern, right? making routine poor, you know, routinely poor financial decisions is a habit that has to be broken. Whereas, you know, maybe setting aside a few years of, of just struggling to get by to give yourself a leg up could be a wise career choice. At the same time, though, it's not that that can't necessarily be an excuse, right? Where, you know, you have a kind of a yeah pie in the sky type pipe dream that you're looking to to pursue and it's not realistic in the slightest and so you're kind of just putting life on hold to get by until you know you reach a point in time in which you come to terms with not being able to realize that dream so just if you're in that the, the, the type two side just definitely check kind of check where you're at you know that's the whole thing right we're checking our financial positioning here so check where you're at kind of on your your career path but if you were in the the surviving group, right? What are some steps to take? And you know, I I think I'm I'm mostly conventional in my you know quote unquote advice. I'm I'm a bit unconventional in this regard because sure you know there's some standard things like I still have on here you know understand your income and expenses right you know of course find ways to make more money find ways to cut expenses, you know that's all I think that's all pretty intuitive. We can all agree that in general making more money and spending less is a good way to give your to have more money available, right? But my number one piece of advice here, if you are you know, battling to stay afloat, right? you're treading water, it's to decide how hard you're willing to work and what kind of sacrifices you're willing to make right because when you're just treading water what all does that encompass like what kind of lifestyle are you living because i know folks who make $40,000 a year and they are very you know prudent with their money they do they're very strict budgeting they do all the right things right they're saving money they're investing money like they certainly don't have much but they are optimizing every dollar that they have right then i know some other people that are making three hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars a year and they are deep in debt because their lifestyle is just it's you know essentially out of control right where they're just spending spending two dollars for every dollar that they make and that's you know so it's not just pure income that dictates whether you're surviving or not it's it's the lifestyle And so that's why step one is deciding, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice and how hard are you willing to work? Because, you know, if you might see going out every Friday, Saturday night as, you know, a necessity, and that could be adding on a significant expense to your bottom line overall, where if you didn't go out even just one weekend night, right, kind of a bad example to use in the COVID era, but I think you'll get my gist here. So if you spent 75 bucks every night you go out. You go out Friday and Saturday nights, 150 bucks a week, $600 a month, $7200 a year, right? If you were barely getting by, then you could just simply go out one less night a week, right? And that just saved you $3600 over the course of the year. Think about that. I mean, that's that's an extra for somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck. You know, we talk about stimulus checks of you know six hundred this, fourteen hundred that. Well, that's an easy way to put three hundred dollars back in your pocket each month for really doing nothing other than just deciding, hey, it's not, yeah, you know, this isn't something that I can that I can do. But that requires sacrifice. And then on the work front, you know, is you can work beyond your part time or full time job, right? So if you have you work one job, you know, full-time job, 40 hours a week. Well, guess what? You still have, what is 148 hours, you know, not counting sleep obviously, but you still have a significant amount of time in the week to do something more, right? You can pick up a part-time job. You can pursue that, that hobby, that passion project, that side hustle, right? There's different avenues you can chase where you can increase your, your income without disturbing your full-time job, and give yourself a leg up. I mean, think about if you added, if you just, if you work 60 hours a week, what, what could you do with that extra 20 hours of income? But that requires a conscious choice to be, you know, to work 60 hours a week and not everyone's going to do it. They simply don't have the work ethic. They're more focused on kind of the pity party aspect, but that's my, my guidance to, to y'all is to not fall into that that category, right? Be the person who's willing to grind it out for three years to pay off their student debt rather than taking 10 or 15, because you know, in the long run, it's going to be beneficial to you. And along those lines, it's also critical to understand and recognize the consequences for inaction. I see it a lot with folks my age around me where it's kind of like, I don't know if it's necessarily the, you know, the cool thing to to do this, but it's almost the the vibe that I get sometimes of, well, you know, I'm young. I'm almost, because I'm young, I'm almost expected or not necessarily entitled. I think expected is the right word there. I'm almost expected to make mistakes and to do dumb things. And that's a, that's like a cop-out reason where, oh yeah, you know, like, oh, we all have student debt. Haha, <laughs> real funny. Like, cool. Like, we'll just we'll just navigate it. We'll just do it. We'll have it. Like that doesn't have to be the answer, right? I mean, by choosing not, I mean, by not taking action, you're, you're, that's your choice, right? You're choosing not to be proactive and paying down debt or not taking on debt in the first place. And that's, you, you have to, there's a negative value to not, to not making that progress or taking those steps. So while it's, while well, it's good to recognize the benefits of Whatever course of action you take, well, you know, pros and cons there, also evaluate the pros and cons of electing to not do anything. All right, so category two, driving. And by this, I mean driving forward, right? You're looking, you know, you're kind of forward thinking. You're looking to accomplish bigger things. You have larger goals set out and you're making progress towards those right if you're in this in the driving bucket yeah a general assumption again would be that you're somewhat established so at least you know whether school working world whatever might be maybe you're you you have a foothold on the career path you're looking to take and you're overall you know stable financially where you're not crushing it but you are you're in a good spot you're at least in solid shape right So, if you're in that bucket, you know, you probably have some excess cash, which in turn grants you a bit more flexibility on, you know, how you use it and what you can do, what you can do in life overall. Um, And if you're not, you know, focused on just trying to tread water and stay afloat, means that you have, you know, potentially more time and energy to focus on those those future goals that you want to accomplish. So, what are some... Key, you know, what are some good steps to take when you're in the driving category to to reach up and and get to that thriving tier, right? Step one is ensure you're prepared for for disasters, right? For worst case scenarios, and this is the number one thing that can derail, at least in my opinion, the number one thing that can derail folks in the driving category, right? Is when you kind of make when you make underlying assumptions that, hey. You know, I have my car is fully paid off. It's going to be perfect forever. Or my health is great. I'll never have any issues that come up. I'll always have the ability to work, right? Uh, you know, I'm doing really well at this company. Like, I'll be, I'll be fine, right? Well, your car can break down and get into a car accident. Things can come up health wise that you wouldn't expect, even when you're young. Um, companies, we've seen it in COVID, right? totally unforeseen circumstance and and companies have gone under you know that's just a fact of life and so if you're in a position where you're stabilized financially you want to make sure that you're being proactive in ensuring that financial stability in periods of uncertainty or instability overall right so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while then you've probably heard me mention this story before. But for those who are new, um, just to give a real-world example of how crazy things can kind of just come out of the blue. So flashback to when I was a senior in college, right? Um, One Saturday night, go to bed, totally fine. Next day, woke up, couldn't walk straight, was super dizzy. It was just the strangest thing, right? Where it's like the basically just no motor control overall. And just progressively got worse for the next few days. So I eventually, you know, went to the college health center and the doc there told me it's like, hey, you need to go to the ER right now and get scans, right? You need to go get imaging done because this is not good. And so that's, you know, me at 21 years old who was fine one night woke up the next day not even close to it right and here I'm thinking well I'm gonna be going to the hospital and they're gonna tell me I have brain cancer or you know I remember sitting in the ER and they're like yeah we're gonna we're looking at brain cancer meningitis MS I mean seriously heavy stuff and I don't you know we don't need to get super deep on that front but think about just the implications of that right of where just overnight, you know, potentially, potentially a death sentence, right? I've, I mean, that's once you get to that stage, then you know, it's not necessarily so much a financial concern, but think about those other conditions. Like that, you know, if I had those, these gonna require treatment, which costs money, and might impair my ability to work and live. And what are the what are the consequences there? And so. Something like that is just an important reminder when that when times are good, prepare for the times that aren't going to be as good, because they're going to come. Life has peaks and valleys, and you just want to be able to smooth out those valleys as much as possible. So be prudent in the meantime. Establish that emergency fund. Make sure you're well covered. You have you know at least six months of full expenses available have things like i mean in my case think about having having health considering health insurance a requirement because i'll tell you i think i ended up having to spend a week in the hospital fortunately it ended up being something not nearly as severe as uh those other options i laid out but the total hospital bill was over a quarter million dollars and i can't even imagine that as a 21 year old college student like I would have had no choice but to declare bankruptcy without health insurance. So if you're ever going to skimp on something, pick something other than health insurance, that's my two cents on that front. But again, um, point there is ensure you're prepared for, for disasters like being laid off um, car, breaking down items like that, and then leverage your extra time and money for, for new things, like an opportunity to grow personally, professionally Maybe you look at, you know, doing, picking up a new skill or hobby or taking a course beyond your your everyday job to, you know, enhance your skill set, right? It's, if you've got the time and the money, like, just think of it, it's not spending money, it's it's investing in yourself when you're going to do something like, you know, go, you know, sign up for a public speaking course, right, to improve your presentation skills, um it's i always look at kind of at my money and my time as they're just they're resources to to pour back into myself and the people around me to you know grow and build towards the future so if you think of money just as as very transactional you know use trade my my labor for money and my you know trade my money for goods and services I would think a little bit beyond that try to adopt that perspective of it's a tool that you can leverage to really kind of um, give yourself a leg up and lastly if you have that excess cash now is the opportunity to you know take the next step in the on the financial side and let your money make money for you right look to exponentially boost your wealth without your direct action so we talked about investing several times before, but that's a great option, right? I'm sure you know market goes up and down. In the long run, it tends to go up. So think about how nice it is where you know, all the time that you're you're working 40 hours a week, you're working full time for 20 years. Well, maybe your money is working full time in tandem with you to grow. So while your salary and your savings, and you're investing. You know, and the capital you have to invest grows. The money that you have already actively invested, you know, has grown with it. So just think about that. Definitely, you know, if you're struggling to stay afloat, you know, and pay down debt, things like that, you know, it's a little bit tougher to to jump into the investing side of things. But just once you get to that driving side, start, start examining that. See if there's opportunity there for you. And then lastly, let's say you're crushing it. You're in that thriving category, right? So you're really at this point achieving or have achieved personal financial freedom. And it, it's important to call out here that the goals vary, right? There's going to be some folks who say, hey, you know, if I don't have $50 million in the bank, I'm not satisfied. I'm always wanting more, right? Yeah, that's certainly, that's that's one perspective on it. Somebody else might say, hey, like, you know, my whole thing is I just really want to, I want to live a comfortable life or I want to give this kind of, you know, upbringing to my kids or support family members, right? The goals are all gonna vary. But ideally we all want to end up in a point at a point where we have the resources to pursue and achieve those financial goals that we've set out, right? So if you're in kind of that thriving bucket, you're really kind of you've reached that juncture, right? And now, you know, you have reliable and sustainable, you know, like kind of income streams where maybe from different sources, or you just accumulated so much wealth, that you're going to be well set moving forward. And the best thing about being in this category is, you can use your time as you want, right? You're no longer in a position where you have to trade your time for money to stay afloat, or to, you know, try to boost yourself up, go from, you know, surviving to driving to thriving. But you have the freedom where you can say, hey, like, I can trade my and trade my money for time, right? I want more time. Maybe I want to go on this trip or do this or do that. I mean, you you can. And that's that's what's beautiful about financial freedom and that's why, you know, I love that everybody who's listening to this to get there at some point, right? It's not going to be overnight, of course, but that's the goal and that's my dream of the podcast here is to hopefully get more folks in that direction. But if you're at this stage then I'd say step number one is to carefully calibrate your financial risk, right? So this is, again, you have resources, you're in a good position. Now it's all about capital preservation. You don't want to, you're not risking your retirement, your life savings on cryptocurrencies or just taking on massive risk. Now you're looking to maintain that so you can maintain your lifestyle. So it's good probably at this juncture to bring in a financial expert, but there is, you know, plenty of just kind of basic principles that you might look at to, you know, to diversify and just overall kind of establish a, a safer financial footing. Um, and then one, I I think the biggest thing is enjoy your, the fruits of your labor, right? If you've crushed it, then heck yeah. I mean, you, you deserve it, right? You've done really well for yourself, then go take the trip you've always wanted Buy the dream house, dream, you know, dream car, whatever makes sense. Again, it goal is capital preservation. You want to be able to sustain your lifestyle. So you don't want to, like, say you have $10 million in the bank, probably not the best move to go buy, you know, a $5 million house and spend $500,000 on cars. But, you know, it does afford you an opportunity to, you know, be a little bit looser with, with your, with your money in terms of like, going more after, you know, items that you want rather than need. And I think the biggest thing too, again, this is, you know, one of the underpinnings of the podcast is if you're in this kind of position, how can you look back and, and help elevate those around you to get on the same, the same level as you, how do you, how do you bring somebody up from surviving to driving to thriving alongside you? You know, there's, there's so much opportunity to help people around us that, be, we'd be remiss if we'd let that that moment slip, particularly if we were in a position where it was no longer, you know, required that our time be put towards staying afloat, but rather we could, you know, take that time and, you know, give it to to folks who could really, really benefit from it. So those are the three categories to think about. So step back, you know, you don't have to rush into taking action, right? This has been this has been more philosophical focused episode. So just take it, take some time to step back. Think about, you know, what's your life positioning? Do you have, do you have a bunch of debt that you need to pay down? Are you staying afloat, but are you progressing in your career? Are you taking proactive steps to elevate yourself beyond the driving tier, right? Are you going to be able to achieve your financial dreams? Are you, you know, once you've done so, are you taking on the right amount of risk? To maintain kind of your lifestyle and, and helping those around you, but uh, I do have a few bullet points of just some basic long term things to to think about. You know, kind of regardless of whatever stage you're in, right? And number one, I alluded to it in the driving category, but that's to to invest early and often and stay committed to it. Right? The market's going to go up and down in the short term, but. There's you know, a lot of opportunity in the long term. So let your money work for you. You really leverage that. Um, and then if you're in the surviving or driving categories, you know, seek out some side hustles or you know, take on some extra work. Find ways where you can you know, take the time you otherwise would have spent sitting on the couch watching TV or sitting on your phone um, and turn that into cash. And then let that cash work for you and grow and grow and compound over time and next thing, you know, you'll look up when you're, you know, 40, 50, 60, and you'll be in a much better position for it. Um, one thing that's a little bit kind of off the off the, you know, the normal path is in, along the theme of, you know, protecting those around you, looking out for people around you, I think it's so important to proactively think about protecting kind of your family, you know, if you're, if you're married, if you're, you know, if you have kids looking to have kids, right. Or just at some point in time planning to, you know, get married and have kids, there's, it's more than to take steps to, you know, ensure they're going to be in a good spot if something were to happen to you. Right. So that's why I'm a big proponent of life insurance. And maybe we'll talk about this more in depth on a different episode, but I think it's such a, a coup, such an opportunity. Like, let's say you're, say you're, you know, 25 and you know and recently married right so now you have a spouse that that's you're responsible for well you you know you're still really young probably don't have pre-existing conditions probably in overall good health you could probably go get like a 30year policy for who knows say 50 to 100 bucks a month a pretty negligible amount well the nice thing is that that cost is going to stay the same and if you bought a policy for 30 years, you know, by the time that expires, you're now 55, you've probably, you know, had kids, kids have gone through college, they're probably set up and doing well, you know, at least getting started on their own, which is really the high risk time in life, right, is you don't want to be in a position where, you know, you leave a spouse with a couple of young kids and no way of supporting themselves. So, something kind of random to think about, but it's it's an interesting one. So, that's, that's something I'd, I'd recommend exploring. Um, and along those lines, always find a way to build your credit up, right? Even if you're, you're wary about having a credit card, I recommended this in a past episode, but just get a starter credit card that has no annual fee and just put your Spotify, your Apple podcasts. Um, I actually don't know if Apple Podcasts charges a a monthly fee. I think they do, but, um, eh, I guess Apple music's better example. So Take whatever monthly subscription you're paying. You're probably paying for something somewhere. Just put that five, ten, twenty dollars subscription on the card. Put it on auto pay. Never look at it. Don't use it again if you if you're worried about it. And all that's going to do is show, hey, you put mu- you you know charge something on a credit card, and you paid it off on time all the time, right? And then keep that card forever. Never cancel it. And you're going to have a great credit score for doing basically no work, right? So, another thing to recommend and last piece is always just find new ways to learn right there's going to be new trends new crazes new markets there's new jobs there's going to be there's so much and we're going to see the world revolutionized in the next 50 years there's no doubt about it we're probably going to see the most explosive growth and development that we've seen probably in the history of the world is my you know expectation a second you know second industrial revolution. It's just, it's going to be technology-based and be able to do things that never could have even dreamed of before. So keep learning because opportunities are going to present themselves and you want to be on the forefront of that. And you can do so by continuing to listen to the Capital adulting Podcast. Again, my name is Grant Gardner. Happy to, to have you listen in. Um, Again, if you made it this far, I appreciate your time as always. Go check out the giveaway going on on the uh, Capital Adulting Instagram page, um, and then yeah, you can find us on Instagram and other social media just at Capital Adulting. Um, follow the podcast, and I mentioned this last episode, and this is the you know the catalyst behind the giveaway. Is I want this to be you know, I want Capital Adulting to be a community and a two way street, right? Don't necessarily want it to just be me speaking into a microphone, but I'd rather it be an ongoing conversation where we can connect, talk through what's going on in your life, and you know, and what opportunities present themselves. So, definitely don't hesitate to reach out. Send me, you know, comment on the post, um, leave a review, email me at uh, DM me on social media platforms, whatever makes sense for you. Just reach out. Happy to to touch base with you and we can talk through whatever might be on your mind. But thank you again for joining in and I'll look forward to connecting with y'all next week. Until then, take care.